Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey there, you guys, I don't know if you know this, but a couple of years ago, my husband Aaron and I, we wrote a book about marriage. It's called Compliment, and we always say we are not marriage experts. We just like to talk about the gift of marriage that God's given us and encourage other couples in their marriage. And so it was really great for me to sit down and talk with Josh and Katie Walters. Josh and Katie have a book called New Marriage, Same Couple, Don't Let Your Worst Days Be Your Last Days. Their book comes out in January, but as always, you can order it now. Josh is a, a pastor, and Katie is the CEO of Francis and Benedict, which is an amazing fashion line. She's going to tell us about it today. It started eight years ago in Togo, West Africa. Today on the show, Josh and Katie are vulnerable with us and talk about some of their hardest days in marriage. In fact, when they'd been married for six years, Katie confessed she was having an affair with a friend. And, and what followed for Katie and Josh were years of transformation, years of heartache, isolation, doubt, and ultimately resilience. Though it might have been easier for either of them to leave, they honored their vows and trusted God to do the rest. And now years later, as you hear today, they're the same people with an entirely new God-honoring marriage. Guys, I also want to say that if you are not following me on Instagram or getting my newsletters, you are missing out because we've got some awesome holiday ideas for you for your gift giving this season. Go to jamieivy.com slash newsletter to subscribe to the newsletter. Follow me on Instagram. I love hanging out on Instagram. I'm at jamieivy. And you guys, this Friday starts our series that we have for the month of November all about pornography. And these are really great educational, informative, and encouraging episodes that I really encourage you to listen to all three of them that come out this Friday. Guys, next week, I'll be in San Diego with my friend Bree from Women of Welcome. Follow along on our trip as well via Instagram because I love when I travel with her and I get to be a part of what Women of Welcome is doing. And I can't wait to bring you in on that trip next week. You guys, you're in for a treat. Here is my conversation with Josh and Katie Walters. Katie and Josh, welcome to the happy hour. Come on. Thanks. We're so happy to be here. This is so great. I say this all the time. I wish we were having a happy hour in person. That would make this a hundred times better. But here we are, and I'm glad you're here. This is both of your first time on the happy hour, so I'd love for you to introduce yourselves. Uh, well, we are so grateful for this opportunity. You want to introduce us? Sure. So um, this is Katie Walters. She's my favorite person. In the world. No, uh, 
We've been married just over 20 years now. We have seven children, have lived in Charleston. In the game with the Ivy. <laughs> well, you have passed this up, but it, it, I think once you get past, once you get to four, though, you could have 17, you know? 100%. Yeah. That's exactly what I always say. Four, I was beyond capacity. Yeah. So There's yeah. kind of a factor at play and that they start buddying up and it almost feels like less on you, but yeah. people don't believe <laughs> yeah. us. I, I actually believe you on that one. Yes. Yeah. So we've uh, been here at Seacoast for about 15 years now, same as in the, uh, in the Charleston area. Seacoast uh, church. That's yeah. where we're sitting right now. So oh, yay. <laughs> yay. Yay. And Josh, you're the, pa- are you the head pastor there? Nope. I'm the executive pastor. So oversee our experience everything that happens in person and online that's awesome and katie what do you do in your in your life when you're not taking care of seven kids so when i'm not taking care of seven <laughs> kids or this guy right I was about here to say, or your other big <laughs> or josh i lead francis and benedict which is a, a faction line out of togo west africa so we actually have a non-profit and a for-profit and Josh actually started taking over the nonprofit about a year ago, helping me um, with that and so that I could focus on sales and the for-profit. So that's my full-time job when we're not also meeting with lots of people in their marriage. And that. that's really, you know, working here at Seacoast the past 15 years has just afforded us such an opportunity. We came in so broken and we pretty much stayed that way, you know, mm-hmm. and been able to be vulnerable be broken and then serve people as much as we could. No. So it was the sweetest yeah, place to start ministry for me. And that just as a man, it was the first time being able to come here, you know, your marriage being the most precious thing to you. And you realize that you are what got you there in part. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just build it. So being able to come here and need the church to be the church for us and see us be loved, cared for, mm-hmm. see God restore us. It, it really, let us both serve out of a place where we were like really free and known mm. for the first time. We've you know, been able to stay in that. That's really beautiful. And I think there is this sense of, I mean, they talk, Paul talks about this, about really using our brokenness and our weakness to really serve the Lord. And, and you guys have alluded to that. And, and um, I'd love to share it for you guys to share a little bit about your story. You have a book coming out, uh, New Marriage, Same Couple, and which I love the title, by the way. And uh, it's really a, a book of like your story, but also full of hope and what, what marriage can be and should be and how God can restore um, things that are broken continually in our lives. And I think as I was thinking about talking to you today, and I, I want to give you a moment to share a part of your story. As I was thinking about this conversation that we're going to have today, I kind of was just like thinking like, okay, so they're going to share their story and it looks different than my story, but yet I still have so much brokenness in my own life and in my own marriage in ways that are different than what, than what you guys are writing about in your book, but there's still so much truth to how God really does use our brokenness within our own selves, um, to bring him glory and to do good and within our marriages. So I'd love if you guys would just start, you share pretty vulnerably in this book about your brokenness and what led you to Seacoast and what happened early on in your marriage. So I'd love for you to have a chance just to share a little bit about that with our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just to start, you know, we, we really started our marriage. We got married young 
And we, we thought really, if anyone was going to take the world by storm and have the most incredible marriage ever, it would be us, <laughs> you know, could have never foreseen the problems that would arise in every normal marriage, you know, but I think just Reader's Digest version of our story is about seven years in. You know, we had just really gotten complacent in some ways. In some ways, we were still really hungry and trying to take new ground and working Mm -hmm. probably too hard. Um, But complacent in some ways. And we always say the enemy is just kind of waiting like a lion in every person's story and life. And that definitely happened with us. And um, we know it was tender ground in many different ways. You know, we were isolated from a lot of community. I had just had our third baby who was in the NICU. So we really were in a place of, and Josh was working a lot. And busyness. We just had a handful of rental properties. We were both getting our master's. When you're young, you know, we got married at 20 and 21. We we wanted to have a full day, full plate, run hard and hit the bed feeling like we gave it our all, you know, mm-hmm. but in, in time. Uh, having kind of burn up any bit of capacity just kind of led us to a vulnerable place we really didn't see coming. Yeah. And so Josh says he didn't see coming, but I started having an emotional affair probably a year before I ever confessed to Josh that I had given my heart to another, another man. And, you know, I just remember during that year kind of dressing for him, longing for him, longing for a different life looking at their marriage with, you know, just wanting so much more than what I felt like we had. And that, I mean, that really started to put a wedge between us. And there, and that's what we tell so many couples is that pretty much we believe every single couple needs to have a second marriage. You know, everybody grows up, everybody changes, everybody has to start again. But there are these certain situations where the entire ground before you is just Mm -hmm. crumbled. And a lot of that happens long before the actual act of whatever the betrayal is, you know, whether in our case, it was betrayal and affair, but that we've met with so many couples that it's been addiction or it's been hiding in any capacity. You know, a lot of that happens long before you actually confess to it, which was definitely true of our story. But Mm -hmm. I ended up going to a Beth Moore simulcast. And um, I'm sitting in the back of the room and she's like, there's a woman here in a pit so deep. And I was like, it's me, you know, it's me. And, um, and so in our story, we were really good friends with the couple. Um, And the woman came over that night and was telling us like, something's wrong with my marriage. And she was crying. And it was the first time between, you know, the Beth Moore and her that I just feel like the Holy Spirit just showed me the devastating Mm. thing that I was doing in our marriage. And in someone else's. And so when she left that night, I, I said to Josh, like, what if it's me? That's all I said. And, you know, oftentimes in any story that you've been in, you can get the courage to say this, like first 10% of an iceberg, like, what if I'm unhappy? What if I'm thinking about other people? You know, what if I'm not living the life that I long for? And for us, what I'm so grateful for is that, Josh, there was so many reactions that happened in that, you know, anger, unforgiveness that we had to get through, trust that was broken. But he definitely had this clear vision of like, this is not something that we need to throw away. Mm. You know, this is something that we can, we can go to a new place. Mm. Like we can have a new love. Mm. And, um, and so that vision really sustained us through some terrible months. I mean, you know, we, we just say we went from counselor to counselor. He ended up getting fired from that church. We just felt like we were in no man's land, no community. Um, 
And, but that vision really sustained us to say like, what if it could be, what if it could be different? Mm -hmm. And, um, so that led us to moving, you know, to moving to Charleston, things that we had always dreamed of that really weren't on the table. You know, oftentimes when you just get in these complacent places of life, couples, you just stop, stop dreaming together. Mm -hmm. You stop taking risks, stop um, trying to go after new things together. So um, when we were so broken and busted, it's like, well, you have nothing else to lose besides kind of taking this new ground. So mm-hmm. that led us to come to Charleston. We never thought we'd do church ministry again, you know, but we just wanted to be healthy. We wanted to have a healthy family. You know, as you were talking about that, Katie, it made me think that like, I think we have listeners. I know we have listeners who have been in y'all's shoes, who've been in your situations even if it's not a, an affair, it is some other kind of brokenness, like you said, in a marriage. And the list is long of what it could be. And they often feel at that early moment, like if you go back to that night when you said, what if it's me? And then you had all the months after and all the disappointments with friends and family and shame and church and all this stuff. You said that Josh had this vision, like, no, we can be something different. I would imagine it wasn't that easy as just like, oh no, Katie, like, don't worry. Like we we can do something different. In that moment, in those months, what was it that kept mm-hmm. you going, that kept you saying, okay, this is worth fighting for? Because Katie, I believe you said that even after that confession, it wasn't like everything was just like done and over and everything's okay. You know, like yeah. you're working with still months and years of of battling through this. What is it that made you guys go, you know what, we're this is worth it and we're not going to just throw in the towel? I'd say it was probably different things for uh, for both of us, just mm-hmm. because we were at very different places. And I think for me, I would say we've talked, you know, you get through something and look back at it years later and question, could I do that now? Um, and I, I think it's one of the reasons that like, you know, you have grace for today. God mm. gives you what you need. Part of the reason he says, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Like you may not even get to tomorrow, <laughs> you know, yeah. but just focus on today. And um, I think God graced me with what I needed for that day and for that season. And I would say that's the same for every listener that, um, mm-hmm. for wherever you are in your marriage, for whatever it is you're walking through, you can count on God to give you the grace you need to get through mm-hmm. today, regardless of the hell that it may, it may feel like. But mm-hmm. I think just by God's grace, it was like what I knew about Katie is what I committed to at the altar, but it was at the altar. I committed to all the things I didn't know. And when Mm. this came about, I think our dream had always been to, to finish strong together, to build a large family. We knew on our second date, we both wanted to have seven kids. It was like the make or break question. (laughs) I think we had, we had done enough dreaming about finishing well together, Mm. knowing that life is hard, that we're not going to get it all right. That when this came about, um, the, the commitment we made to each other for better or for worse. Uh, I think we all say those words, meaning them, not knowing what worse might feel Mm. like the day you get there. God just graced me to, to lean in. And, and it was never even a consideration. We say a lot of people leave long before they go. And it was kind of like Katie with the, what started as an emotional affair. She allowed her mind to start entertaining this idea of a future elsewhere and so oftentimes people get so far down that path that physically leaving is is painful and difficult, but an mm-hmm. easier step because they've envisioned it. Right. And mm-hmm. I think we had envisioned 
life together that when crap hit the fan, it was like, well, here yeah. we are. So what was it for you, Katie? Cause you were on the other side of the table of that conversation. I honestly think it really was in part his, his vision and confidence that we could have a love that wasn't just like a pal, a chum. I think at this point, you know, of our marriage, I knew the church answer was to stay together. I knew that good Christians were supposed to be together, but I couldn't fathom staying together forever with somebody that like, I didn't have that love mm-hmm. and that those feelings. And so I would come to him in the night with all these journals from when we were younger and say like, I don't feel this way about mm-hmm. you anymore. Like, I don't feel this connection to you. Mm-hmm. And he would say, that's what I want you to trust me for. Like, I believe that we can have that again. And I did not, mm. you know, so, um, so I really think his confidence and vision of like, can you, can you trust me that we could have this renewed love? And even a lot of that was, I would say God in the sense of like the, the goal wasn't for us to fight, to get back to a love we once had because that the journals and nicknames and, and surface lust and affection was void of, decision and commitment in the face of, of hard times mm-hmm. where, where the real intimacy is built. So mm-hmm. then it was like, man, that was great love in that season, but I'm asking you to go to a new place. You know, when you've, when you've been, when you've felt pain, when you have to choose to love, like, man, that's where we're going to f- experience the power of God, the grace of God and get to see him. If this is what we built, like, can you only imagine right. what he could build if we would let ourselves go there? So. Yeah. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s, 
If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Is that kind of what you mean by that every couple needs that second marriage of this? Like, okay, this is what we're going to look like on the other side of this because that can feel, I mean, I think about some, you know, couples that Aaron and I have sat down with and, you know, they are just young and in love and they're, they, that person could never do any wrong. And, you know, we're 22 years on the other side of that, Yeah, not jaded by marriage by any chance, but we've just lived 22 years in marriage and we've gone through really difficult things. And it's not like, oh, you guys are dumb, but there is this idea of like the reality of marriage sometimes kicks in years later. I mean, you know what I mean? And so is that to explain that second marriage thing to me? Yes, that's exactly what it is. You know, it's funny. We have two girls that are dating right now and we just went on a trip with one of the girls and their boyfriends and the boyfriend's like, you know, taking her suitcase all through the airport, you know, that, and, and the same, just like you're saying, it's a different love. And there are things that I believe we have to be inspired by and learn when we look at these young couples and new marriages. But I do think what they can't feel is the safety. It's almost like that oak tree that Mm -hmm. has, now it has this shade and the safety of love, of understanding each other, of growing differently together. Mm -hmm of realizing the strengths and weaknesses, but also, wow, you changed in that. Mm -hmm. That, I didn't expect that, you know, letting each other have new longings, like, oh, you have new passions, you have new dreams you want to take it on together. It really is important to rebuild. And Mm -hmm. I truly that in every marriage. Now, when you've come through devastating seasons, there's nothing on the ground. And so I think that's when you want to just throw in the towel because you're like, wouldn't it be easier to start Mm -hmm. again? I think that's the, that's our hope for couples is like I said, we never thought we would get there, but if they are there, you know, to realize that you really can rebuild from Mm. nothing, um, that, that with the same person, truly same person. And I would say for me, and that's where I feel like both sides of our story, um, can be really encouraging for other couples and that I married 20 year old Katie excited to see what 40 year old mama Katie was going to look like, you know, with no concept of what those dreams, desires, passions would look like, how she would change or how my love and commitment to her would need to change as a result of that. All the while I'm becoming a young professional, a property owner, a dad, all these things I've never done before. And so I, um, in a lot of ways, you know, I was growing and and changing myself. And so us going to a new place, you know, looked 
look new for both of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I heard someone say one time, I can't remember who it was, that like you're going to be married to a bunch of different people throughout your lifetime. And that's the same person, you know? And I think about that too. Aaron and I, we are, we are both completely, not completely, we are very different people than we were at 22 and 23 when we yeah. got married. And it's not that we've even grown apart. We've just kind of grown up and we have turned into new people and, Aaron's not the same as he was when I started dating him at 21 and it's not bad, you know, it's just different. And I think that is where the struggle comes in for a lot of marriages when those, the two people that were, they had this young in love with these people and then five, 10, 15 years later, they kind of have a hard time being with that new person. So I always wonder, and I'd love to hear from you guys. I always wonder like, how do we, in our marriages, how do we continue to, and, and I don't want to say be in love because marriage, I, I mean, I love Aaron with everything in me, but our marriage cannot be based on just that alone because life is so stinking hard that I need, like you said, Katie, I need that security. I need that safety. I need to know that, that we are here together through it all. Um, How do we continue to grow towards each other when we're changing continually in our lives? Yeah. I think one thing that's unique, even going back to me growing and changing uh, over those seasons, there were, there were moments that I didn't realize in the, in the moment they were happening where I felt the need to, to be the man, to, Um, to not verbalize fear or insecurity, to act like I had the answers. And and so I would say what it looks like at 40 verse 20 to build intimacy is really vulnerable and that it's counterintuitive. It would be great if it was travel experiences and concerts and shared moments and laughter. That would be fun, wouldn't it, guys? (laughs) And honestly... That's one of the difficult things because none of us want to hang out in painful emotions. Mm-hmm. We'd much rather do something fun. But if you want to build something that lasts a lifetime, if you want to build something that really cultivates intimacy, it's going to require you going places emotionally uh, that are really uncomfortable for you. And I would say if it wasn't for Katie, I don't think I could have ever gotten there. It's like, man, I had vision for us finishing together. Uh, but apart from her, like, man, the number of times she's been like, hey, what are you thinking? Use words, you know, like mm-hmm. calling me out of my head and and really prying into my heart. I'm a verbal processor, so it would take time and stumbling, fumbling through it to to get it out. But, yeah, I think what it what it looks like to build and experience intimacy is is work and time mm-hmm. and dialogue and uh, and each other like. It's not a smooth process, but it demands two people willing to work. And if one of you is fighting for intimacy and the other isn't, like it's, it's going to be a painful road to get there. Well, and one of the things about our story, you know, when I talk about your rebuilding from that rubble is that we were forced, if we were going to survive and stay together, we are forced to really prioritize each other. The first good counsel that we got, the guy told us, you know, y'all have a lot of relationships. I always loved girlfriends. You know, I have a, I was raised by a single mom, have two sisters. I felt like my girlfriends were my heart and life and everything. And then my husband was like the accessory, you know, and this guy told us, listen, you got to be a 10 in your marriage and everything else has to be a two. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, not a chance, not a freaking chance, 10 to two. But because of the season we were in, the painful season, we wouldn't have made it if we wouldn't have really prioritized. Like, we got to be in counseling. We've got to 
figure out why we're reacting like this, Mm -hmm. how we communicate, how we have fun together, how we stay curious, you know, the things that light me up and the things that light him up. And we had to, we were forced to do that. But I think for any marriage that's trying to go to a new place, you really got to prioritize in that way. You know what? We are going to read this together. We're going to get in counseling together. You know, we're going to figure out, be curious about each other, get curious about our reactions, our inner emotions, our inner thought lives. You know, it takes that much focus. And what was unique about the 10 and 2 in that season that you would never label this as as drift or like really important to note for concern. But there'd be so many things, good days, bad days, where Katie would leave work, get in the car and call whichever girlfriend, sister it was. And then a couple of days later, it would come up and she'd say, I told you about that. And I'm thinking like, I have never heard that in my life. I have no mm-hmm. clue what you're talking about. But it's because she had processed it with a couple of girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And so it's not to say you can't have best friends right. that are that guys or girls and your spouse isn't meant to replace them. But in mm-hmm. terms of the priority, and I want to be the first call she makes when mm-hmm. she is over with something. I want to be the first call she makes when she's crushed for something because I want to celebrate with her. I want to hurt with her. And so it, it forced a discipline on our parts to put each other first and, yeah. and ultimately fight for each other. You know, this is, I know I've said this in this episode and I'll probably say it again, that this, these conversations, I don't want anyone to think like, oh, these are conversations if someone has had an affair or these are conversations, like, I just think these are conversations that marriages need to be happening. Um, I remember I've shared this story a lot, but Aaron and I had been married for like a year and um, one of his former roommates called him and told him that his parents were getting a divorce after 25 years. And here I am like literal newlywed, less than a year married. And in my brain, I thought to myself, I can't even comprehend this. Like, I I don't know how you put 25 years in and then walk away. And I always say, being married for 22 years, I know exactly how that happens now. Like, I, I know exactly how it happens. And it's the drifting. It's what you just said, Josh. It's the drifting. It's not even a massive thing usually. It's the small things over 20 years. And so I think it's important for marriages, if you've been married a year like you just got home from your honeymoon this weekend or you've been married for 30 years. Like these are important things because it affects our marriage right where it is today and it affects where it will be tomorrow and in five years. You guys have yeah. um, have this method you call STAY. I would love for you to break that down for us real quick. What do you mean? What are the the acronyms stand for, for the for the word STAY? Yeah, so STAY is start with me, take quitting off the table, allow others to be a part of your journey, and then yield to vision. So, and basically the way that that principle breaks down is just practical tools for if you find yourself wanting to go to a new place in your marriage, what's the roadmap? Mm. And so first section of the book about start with me is just learning how to really stop blame shifting, stop making your life someone else's responsibility, your joy, your passions, your happiness, Um, to really look at yourself and then to be able to say, like, am I living the life that God designed for me to live and putting that self-responsibility on you? And then the take quitting off the table is the whole concept of we leave long before we ever actually leave. And so some of those practical tools are what you're talking about with the drift. You know, I have these 20 year olds on my team and they've just gotten married. They send gifts or gifs, whatever you call it. I don't know how to say it, but yes. (laughs) And the other night we were in a hot tub and they were like, aren't you going to send your husband a butt over the water picture? I was like, no, <laughs> I've never even heard of that. <laughs> you know, whatever. 
But like, it's those kind of things that you, when you take quitting off the table, when you say like, this is the garden that God's given us and we're going to prioritize it. We're going to put focus on it. We're going to do the right actions, you know, that are really going to help us to get through. It's real practical things in that. That's even with early on arguments, you know, just the word divorce is you can, it can come out. And so it meant like changing the way we talk. Uh, and really committing that, hey, this isn't even a, when you take it off the table, it's not an option for the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And yeah. A is allow others to be a part of your story. And um, we had a lot of friends, but but no one that really knew us. And so that's really about surrounding yourself with people that love you, but aren't all that impressed with you. Uh, mentors, folks that can speak into your life and spur you on into becoming the uh, the couple that you dream to be. Um, it's again, counterintuitive to think that you could, you could build that apart from others mm. when, when you are the couple, but man, we all need people mm. to help get there and then yield to vision. Vision is one of those things that, um, you know, our lives are busy. If 20 years of marriage teaches you anything, it's like parenting never stops the, mm. the bills, the house, the job, life is busy. Vision is one of those things you have to really give yourself over to, to, to dream about, okay, God, what have you put in my heart? What do we see for ourselves? What does it look like to help you paint a picture, you know, of the target as to what does a win look like? God, where are you calling us to help your days be building towards somewhere that he's he's taking? I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Hey, Fidelity. Can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. I think it's, um, I love that one because Aaron and I are in a stage where our youngest is a sophomore. So you guys have a lot of kids and I think you have older kids than me, but you guys will still be parenting for longer than me because how old is your youngest? <laughs> Two. Two. That's Eight. what I thought. I'll <laughs> be out of the house when we're 59. Okay. <laughs> You're stoked. I love it. But I was going to say, we're in this unique season. Well, it's unique for us. We're just now entering into it and um, where our youngest is 15. And so we kind of have, we've, we've always kind of dreamed like you guys have. I love hearing that. Like Aaron, and I have always big, big dreamers about our marriage, about ourselves. But now we're entering the stage where like, we're like, oh wait, this is a reality. Like 
if these kids all go to college and they all leave like they're supposed to or whatever, we will be here by ourselves in, you know, five, six years. And Aaron and I are loving this dreaming, not because we don't want our kids here, not because we don't like our kids, but because we really are catching a vision for what God's going to do in our own lives and our marriage and our fifties. We say all the time, our fifties are going to be like, it's going to be our best decade yet. Like we're just going to be like on fire for you, God, what do you want? Um, but I love that vision. And I think it is so important for marriages. And I don't know about you guys, but I see a lot of marriages get into the stale place when their kids get about my kid's age or middle school and high school, because it can become so child focused that they yeah. lose that focus on each other. And that's what happened to my friends, to Aaron's roommate's parents. The kids went all, they went, they all left. And so then the husband and wife were sitting there looking at each other like, well, who are you? You know? And so we are just, I, I love that, that, that last one yield division, but I love that whole concept of really kind of dreaming together. Another reason that happens is that like, um, you know, the word disciple literally means learner and, and kind of like your question earlier of how do you build intimacy when you're young, you're learning everything, but the older you get the lie or the pride that creeps up in you is that I'm an adult. I should know the answer. We should know how to do this. And so when you see couples that have been married 20, 30 years, lose intimacy and, and part ways, a lot of it is because they've stopped being learners like of each other. So a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, they've stopped. They've stopped learning from other couples. They've stopped learning about each other and how they've changed. And so mm-hmm. I feel like learning with your spouse and from yeah. other couples is such a, a valuable indicator of like you're trying to gauge where are we at. Like who are we? Who are we learning from? Like what other couples? I think about mm-hmm. Jim and Martha. Well, that live on mission. Like man, they are. 20, 30 years older than us, and we look at their lives and think, man, how do we get there? We yeah. we ask them those kind of questions at dinner. And so just learning, learning from others and learning about each other uh, is a big indicator of, mm-hmm. are we moving in the right direction, building the intimacy we want? Yeah. And the vision, you know, the vision one gets so practical because one of our things is we came up with our grandparent names. I was like, going to really ask early. you, we- and I love them. <laughs> I know. We love we always talk about that our kids, we don't want somebody just like randomly calling us people. And that's what we had for Josh's dad that just came out. But, but, you know, we use that so practically to be like, okay, what kind of woman is Ruby? Our grandparent names are Ruby and Bear. And we'll say like, what, what do they like to do together? You know, where, how, how are they? And I always tell Josh, like, I see Bear is like this soft grandparently. He's like a 007. I mean, the man is ready to kill someone at all times. <laughs> The opposite of like soft, you know, whatever. And so, well, and and I always say like Ruby is wise and self controlled. I feel so opposite from that most days, you know, like a hot mess yeah. express. So, or I just sent her a reel yesterday. I don't know if you saw it yet. It was this couple that had been married for eighty years, and the uh, the woman is saying he always wants my body. And I was like, "What are Baron like?" As, that's uh, that's it. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And when you get those practical questions, like those are in the book of just helping you take this vision retreat with each other. But other couples have inspired us so much. We met a couple the other day that took a year off, just like, you know, you and Aaron, as soon as the kids left the house, they took a year to just travel and be together. They called it a gap year. Listen, Katie, if you look at my Instagram, you know how when you look at your Instagram and it shows you all the things you look at, I want Aaron and I to get one of those, um, 
sprinter vans that you sleep in. And I want us to just drive from national park to national park. Just me and him to get, we'll take our dogs too. They're invited, but that's it. And just spend like, I tell him all the time, like, babe, I want a sprinter van and you, and I want the national parks and I just want to drive. Dream. That is a dream. And see, when people hear stuff like that, some people have no concept for that. Mm. You know, hear others lead them to new places of vision and dreaming. And so it really is important. And you usually have one person in the marriage that's more of a dreamer and more of a visionary and one person that's not. And that's, that's a good thing. It's Mm -hmm. a good thing to help get on the same page with that. you You know, as I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, you guys and your grandparent names and me and Aaron wanting to travel around to national parks. It makes me think like those are, those are big far off and I don't know if it'll happen. It'll be fun. Right. I don't even like to camp. So I don't even know why this is exciting (laughs) to me, but I just like to be with Aaron. So there's that. Um, But I think even like for people who are listening are like, okay, that's great. You want to go to the national park. You guys know your grandparent names. We don't even like each other. I think there's a little bit of like, what would it look like to just dream about like, and this sounds silly, but like, what did it look like to dream about? Like, what do you want your Saturday mornings to look like? And how can we make them different? Like, how can we like, can we have coffee on the porch together one Saturday, you know, and just, I think even small dreams like that, I don't know if you guys feel that as well, but sometimes like we just need these, like, how do we vision? We think like, this is my last, my kids, I have two kids that are seniors. So I'm envisioning a lot. What do I want this last year to look like with me and these kids? And I think we can do the same thing in our marriages. What do we want this year to look like? What can we envision for this year? Totally. You know, we have this one question that we ask and we talk about this in the book, but it just says, what are the top three things that you need to have an ideal week? Mm. You would not know how practical and easy that question is to ask each other and how different your answers will be. So like when we asked this, Josh's was like, he wanted to play basketball every week with his friends. He wanted to have sex and he wanted to work on a project around the house on like a Saturday. Mine were polar opposite. It was, I wanted a clean house. I wanted a date night and I wanted a day with no plans. So polar opposite questions to have your ideal week, but things like that really do help you to start practically getting on the same page. Cause I'm like, you know, I tell him, I don't want you to take, don't put basketball on the chopping block. Like you need this time with your guy friends. And then he could tell me like, no, we are going to have a housekeeper. <laughs> you know, this is something that really makes your life a lot better. Yeah. And so I just think couples to really, just like you're saying, the Saturday morning is the most important way to dream. And I think if you're at a place with your spouse where dreaming feels foreign, like another way we talk about that in the book is to dialogue daily, date weekly, and retreat quarterly. And mm-hmm. so when you have some basic steps that are going to build intimacy in time, mm-hmm. like it's one thing for you to talk each day about the logistics, who's picking up the kid, what are we having for dinner? Mm-hmm. But that's not going to relationship. And for us, it's often walking the dog at night after the kids go down to yep. kind of day or something you've been struggling with. And that's a safe space for us. So I can say like, hey, you've seemed tender today. What's up? You know, mm-hmm. and not locked in eye to eye. We're moving forward on a walk and it's a, it's a safe place to start. And so I think a lot of those basic behaviors that just because of busyness, we can lose in time that in the book, when you just start doing the basics again of working on your marriage, it's amazing how it'll ignite this ability to dream of like, mm-hmm. Hey, what if we mm-hmm. went to all the national parks mm-hmm. in a sprinter van? And, yeah. and ultimately for you, that's not like I'm going to be a mountain mama. You know, yeah. it's that I want when our kids want our lives to still be an epic adventure and I want to do it with you. I love it so much. Um, 
you know, Aaron and I have worked some things out on walks. I mean, it's, we, we love going on walks together. We have worked it out. Uh, you guys tell us the name of your book and, and all that kind of stuff so that people know about it. It's called New Marriage, Same Couple. And truly, it is just our heart and hope that people could read it if they are in a just desperate place or a hopeless place, because we should not have this incredible marriage and love and joy and be each other's favorite person. We shouldn't, you know, and I just think sometimes you think it just takes the right couple or the right personalities, or maybe we're just not meant for each other. And the truth of this book is that every single couple, we really believe every single couple that, um, that wants to can have a new marriage and rebuild. And so it's a vulnerable, raw, gritty account of some really hard times, but hopefully also so hope filled that if God can do it for us, he can a hundred percent do it for you, you know? Yeah. And I'd say for uh, early on bounced around four or five different counselors, we had a hard time finding uh, community and, and counsel for somebody to walk with us. So I feel like the good stuff of the book is actually found in the workbook because it's mm. where you're able to personalize it. So whether it's an affair, whether it's been 20, 30 years of marriage and you're just feeling some drift and saying, Hey, let's, let's start fresh. I'm going to re up on the marriage we've always wanted. Uh, wherever you are, the the workbook is what's going to help you uh, contextualize it and really help see your marriage go to a new place. I love that. Well, I'm grateful for the work that you guys are doing and for this book being out to the world. I, I say all the time, I believe in marriage. I think it is a, a kind gift that God has given some of us. And um, I'm grateful for you guys sharing your story. Katie, I want to know about Francis Benedict. Can you tell us just a little bit about what you guys have going on these days? Yes. Well, um, I'd love for anybody to check it out. It's just francisbenedict.com. You can see about the for-profit and the sales of the um, fashion line and also the nonprofit. So we actually have a team of seamstresses in Togo, West Africa that are employed full-time. They have education, nutrition, housing, transportation that all happen by the sale of these products. Our daughter is over there right now. Um, living over there and serving with the children. Um, we have a child care center for the kids that are not in school. Um, and so she's working with them. But we sell um, high fashion items that we hope you would love to wear to any events or any fun date night. We have skirts, we have dresses. So um, it's been a great joy. We've been going about eight years and I feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> Babies in the world of small business. So that's Francis and Benedict. Well, I love it. I've loved your stuff uh, forever. And um, for you guys that don't know, Katie and Jess Conley are sisters. Jess has been on the show a ton of times and love, love Jess so much. Um, you guys, thank you so much. I'd love to know, what are you guys reading these days? Well, I'm the most boring reading reader ever because I love nonfiction. So I have about you know, I'd like to do like two to three audibles a week. And so currently I'm reading a book called Traction. It's about an entrepreneurial operating system. It's incredible. Um, and we also just led a book study through the book Go-Giver for Marriage. So Go-Giver is a business book. They also have one for marriages that is phenomenal. Yeah. So we've just been leading a book study through that. But do you have anything that's a yeah, little a more couple, fun than that? Uh, I don't know that I would say fun. I'm kind of the same. A couple mm-hmm. different books. Working Genius, kind of looking into uh, me, mm-hmm. what makes me unique. Meta Church, a lot of what I do here at Seacoast is uh, kind of, uh, digital ministry as an extension of our faith journey. So kind of dreaming, reading, studying about 
what that would look like. And then for us with the book and our brand made to stick, just going back to some marketing branding, you know, what is that? What does that look like for us now? So a little bit of a couple different things. That's so yeah, great. No, you're not boring. I'm reading uh, Longing to Know. This is for school, you guys. Longing to Know, The Philosophy of Knowledge for Ordinary People. I'm actually nice. li- I'm listening to it on Audible as well because <laughs> wonderful. they said you have to have this whole book read by next week. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to listen to this on my walks. That's what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> so there you go. Katie and Josh, I'm so grateful for you guys and your ministry and your book. And so thanks for coming on the happy hour. We are grateful for you. Thank you so much, Amy. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell, and the show is edited by Jason Talley. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Te presentamos a Daniela. A ella nada le sorprende. Siempre estoy lista para lo que venga. Por eso... Este año fui a Walmart a comprar todo para combatir mis alergias antes que comience la temporada de alergias. Claro, porque Walmart tiene... Productos de alta calidad para las alergias como descongestionantes, sprays nasales, antihistamínicos y más. Y a precios muy buenos. ¿Y sabías que también tiene pickup y delivery? Daniela, ¿te sorprendiste? ¿Yo? No, ¿qué va? Claro que sabía que Walmart tiene pickup y delivery. <risa> Bienvenido a una farmacia más simple. Bienvenido a tu Walmart.